Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us for another exciting episode. Of course, I'm always happy to be back here with you guys, the listeners, and of course with my best bud and co-potter, Joe. Say hello, Joe. Hello everyone. It's the Mac and Joe burp, 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 burp Podcast. Yeah, we are back. This is our, we have two more episodes left this year. We'll give you guys Calendar a reminder year. next Calendar week. Year. Calendar year, of course, we'll be back for many, many years to come, hopefully, um, as long as you guys are listening. Uh, we were off last Otherwise, week. Otherwise, we'll just do this on our own without any just listeners. No one listening. And that's no fun. Um, <laughs> of course, last week was Thanksgiving. We were off. If you are in the United States, which I'm going to assume most of you are, um, we may have some international listeners out there if you are. Hello. But yeah. for most of you, I hope you guys had a happy Thanksgiving and a safe Thanksgiving um, with friends and family or mm-hmm. just with friends or whatever. Um, we had nice Thanksgivings. Mm-hmm. And um, we're happy to be back here with you guys. We're all decked out for Christmas. We're ready to go. Yep, we got. We're sitting next to our tree. Yeah, although it is an artificial one. Yeah, to much, much to my chagrin, but that's okay. Well, it is what it is. It is what it is. We got. It's nice. It's up. It looks the same every year. It's. I mean, we don't have to worry about cleaning up the the pine needles. We don't yeah. have to worry about watering it. We don't have to worry about buying it. We don't have to worry about any of that. It's there. It's there, and it's done. Yep. Uh, so, Joe, we're going to start with the biggest the piece big, of news. big, 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 big news. Um, Warner Brothers, this past week, Warner Brothers announced that all 17 films on their 2020 release schedule calendar will be released in movie theaters and on HBO Max simultaneously. Uh, that, of course, will start with Warner 1984, which is this year. Um, I believe it's, it's 17 films. But films include some big ones, Matrix 4, Dune, In the Heights, The Suicide Squad, Godzilla vs. Kong, and Space Jam, A New Legacy. Of course, there's a bunch of other ones, too. There's like Conjuring and uh, stuff like that. So it works out to like a new film every three weeks or something like that. Um, So, Joe, we didn't really talk about this before. I don't know. We can do it however you want to do it. I wrote down kind of little notes to kind of go by topic, or if you'd prefer just to kind of give your thoughts right away, or if you want to go topic by topic that I wrote do down. That. That's better. And then if you feel like I'm missing something, just no, just hop in on that. Um, little news, again, just like Wonder Woman 1984, it's for U.S. HBO Max users only. Mm-hmm. Again, um, HBO Max is not in every territory yet just like disney plus it's still working its way across so if you are and again for the most part internationally covid wise they're in a much better place in the united states regardless um so it will be in theaters on those days as well um it will be 30 just like wonder woman 1984 will be 30 days on hbo max while still being in theaters and then it will get the traditional pvod release and blu-rays and then it will eventually go back to hbo max but the big key or the big draw is you don't have to wait if you have the subscription you can watch it right away you don't have to go to the theaters yeah, yeah. anything on that or that's just simple stuff uh the logistically it makes sense why they're doing it Log- or logistically 
those are the nitty gritty details. Right. This is exactly the same as what they're doing for 1984, yeah. which is what we already said. Yeah, they're just kind of repeating the same formula, right? For all their future films for the next year. Yeah. Now, go, go, okay, so go go ahead. That, that that's the details. Yeah, that's um, the basic stuff. And you were saying that so the inter- internationally, internationally or outside of the U.S. territories, they don't have HBO be- Max, but they're they're. I don't want to say less impacted, but they are not as in it's different situations it's a, in different parts yes, of the world. Yes, yes, it's a, um, it's it's a different situation, and they and they do. I guess they have theaters open in different parts of the yeah, world. It's just like so Wonder Woman. Yeah, right? they won't get it early in in other countries. So if you want to see Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and you live in China or the UK or Europe, you have to go to a theater to see it. Yeah, you can't get it on demand or watch it on HBO Max. Um, the kind of news and notes they talked about, um, all of the executives said this is just a one year mm-hmm. type of a thing. I was going to say that, yeah. Um, and it's supposed to return to normal in 2022. Do you think that's just a placeholder statement or do you think if this works and HBO Max subscriptions are through the roof, they're all in and they're just going for it? Like, is this just a way to appease some people with a statement and kind of give them a way out? If it doesn't work, but if it works, then they're like, we're going all the way in all the time now. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, they did say, I mean, there's, we're not calling them liars, right? They're, you kind of are. <laughs> you're we don't know. Saying, you're kind of saying that they're hedging okay, their well, do that you they're think, just saying They're just giving people lip service. Do you and think I'm not they're saying, hedging their I'm bets? I'm not saying that's, that's – I'm not saying – I mean – if you're gonna say, if you're gonna say what, you, if you're gonna say your opinion, just say it. Like, yeah, you you think that this is them managing their bets, and I'm not saying I disagree with that opinion. I'm just saying let's not like, let's not, let's not, you know, let's not p- 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 paint a rosy picture when it's not rosy. You know, it's like, yeah, yes. I mean, if yeah, I mean, we've this is. You know, we we. It just seems like we've talked about this over and over again. Yeah, I don't know that this it's necessarily. True. I don't know that this necessarily spells the end of theaters. It could, but I do think that this is a fluid situation. They're kind of, you know, movie theaters and movies and movie studios are kind of trying to figure it out as they go. As much as they don't want to, as much as they don't want to say that. I mean, it's a very fluid situation. We have no idea what's going to happen even next week, next day, whatever, a year from now. So, yes, do I uh, believe them when they say that this is a temporary plan? Sure. But if things change, you know, do I think that they're giving themselves a way out? No. I think maybe – I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not in their boardrooms. But do, do I think that they genuinely believe that it, that it will return? Yes, but I don't know that – the other that everything will stay as it is when the pandemic is quote unquote over or and past. We don't know when that's going to be either, and we don't know when that's going to be. So no, I don't know if a year down the road, let's just say hypothetically that the pandemic is past or run its course, whatever that means, that theaters will still be in business. We don't even you know. So I'm saying it's it's precedent. It's it's. It's contingent on everything else being held the same, and I don't know that things will be the same. You know, I, I we don't know. Nobody knows. So, I mean, to speculate at this point whether what's going to happen a year from now, I don't know. 
I, I, I don't right. even know what I'm going to do in a year from now. You know, I don't know what you're doing <laughs> yeah, next week. You know, I don't even. Well, I do know what I'm doing this week. But anyway, um, my point is punchline. That's all right. My point is, um, I don't know that it's necessarily lip service, but I, it could sound. I mean, to a cynic, yes, it might be considered lip service, but. I don't think they have – they don't have any better idea of what's going to happen a year from now than we do. So in all fairness, yes, it could be that they are being truthful, that they are saying that they're just trying to get through the t- tough times and get these movies out and get, 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 some, get some return for their, for their investments. Yes, I, I agree with that. But I don't know – yeah, could this, could this be a permanent solution? Could other movie studios – could this set the precedent for other movie studios? I'm sure that's going to be our next question. It's going to be down there, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a really good point. I really don't know and I don't think anybody knows. Right. But I do know that the movie studios, in order to stay – for the movie studios to stay in business, they have to make some money because – and yes, you could say the same thing about the movie theaters. Um, I – but – you know, movie movie studios. I guess they have to pay the actors up front, right? So it's like they're already like two hundred million dollars in the hole, whatever. They've already invested. But they've already yeah. invested five hundred million dollars, a billion dollars, whatever it costs to make these movies. Depending on the type of movie, they gotta they gotta put that capital up front, right? And then they're banking on the long run that it will make their money back, and then some. Um. You know, so if if you're putting that much capital into an investment and you're not getting anything in return, I don't know what else they can do that would be less whatever predatory. If you want to say they're getting, they're going at the movie theaters and trying to take away their money. I don't think they're trying to take away any money. I think they're just trying to take get some money somehow. Right. The, the anyway. business model is changing. Anyway. Um, it appears that HBO Max has had a bump in activations and in subscriptions recently. Okay. Again, a large part of that seems to be around the announcement of Wonder Woman 1984. Okay. So, again, Warner's AT&T could be looking at those numbers and saying, hey, this is trending in the right yes. direction. But, they- uh, but, again, Wonder Woman 1984, of the films that I just put down, maybe Matrix 4 – Wonder Woman 1984 may be the biggest film on that list. Probably. Uh, I mean, it's not as big as The Suicide Squad. Um, so I got maybe Matrix 4, but that's about it. Um, again, oh, Dune looks pretty epic. I mean, I'm not saying quality of film. I'm saying interest oh, level of film. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I would of that list, I'd probably go In the Heights just for me. I don't know. Space Jam might be but, pretty good. <laughs> it could be. A lot of basketball fans that's out all, there. It's all, A lot of yeah, basketball fans. It's true. It's true. And again, we are in I, – I, I sound repetitive. We are in a Christmas season, right? You're giving gifts, yes. right? You know, buying someone an HBO Max subscription for a year. It's a good way. It's a good thing. Um, it's a pandemic game changer. We've talked about that. Does Universal's deal with theaters of 17 days, does that look outdated now? Or is that just completely – it's a completely different deal that they've set up. Yeah. I mean, does it feel they don't, like they don't, and they don't have to all collude to do the same deal? Yeah. Now it does give them more leverage. Be like, hey, well, you had this deal for them. I mean, yeah, Universal having seven. What is it? Seventeen. It's Seventeen days. days. Yeah. That's not what this is. This is thirty days. So right. you know, if we're talking, if we're talking just apples to apples, yeah, this this H, 
this Warner's deal is they're staying in longer. They're just releasing it to their well, they're service it right directly, away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's going to cut into. I'm not going to. I'm not going to mince words. Yes, it's going to cut into the theater's profits. Yeah. Absolutely, and they're already hurting. I get that, but they're not going to. I mean, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. It's true. I just the only possibility, that, and this is just me spec again speculating. Whatever. The only possibility that I see, and, and again, this is me not trying to be a doomsday person. The only possibility that I can see of movies staying afloat at this point, based off of this deal, is if they are no longer an independent entity. That's the only po- That's the only scenario that I can see, because you are not going to see a lot of. I I would be surprised if there's a lot of bailouts from movie theaters. Not yeah. saying there won't be, but I'd be surprised. Yeah, you know, out of luxury or not luxury, uh, disposable income, uh, you know, fun things right. are less are on the on the the totem pole. Of priorities. industries, yeah. yeah, priorities of industries that are that are that are not doing well, and there are many. Right. I don't know where movie theaters rank, but I don't know that it would be at the top of the list. Is what sure. I'm trying to say. Top of the list, I would say, is maybe airlines, right? Travel <laughs> but, or whatever. Yeah, travel. But like anyway, that. so anyway, so my point is, yeah, and I, I just don't know. I just don't see how independent movie theaters can survive at this point. Yeah, and, and studios may among anything else, them, among lots of know. other things. This right. isn't the only. This isn't an isolated case. Right. Um, but I just think, for me, I think the age of independent movie theaters is done. Um, I mean, we're already kind of seeing it with with the streaming services. Yeah. There's no independent. There's no single. Inde- not independent. Well, yeah, independent, like whatever. Stream and uh, uh, cable TV. They all have their own platforms. You're gonna have their own movie theaters. Right. It's just I just see that as if they're gonna be if they're gonna survive. If movie theaters are gonna survive, I just can't see it being an independent entity with them losing money hand over fist right now and nothing else to to dive into. There's no other investments they can do. Right. And they're and they're and they're they're rating on S and P's is awful because they're just losing money i right. i anyway they're just borrowing every go month. ahead go ahead um i only have a couple more points or ideas i guess yeah go ahead is go is and say your thoughts if someone had talked about this before it's um and you would kind of not mention it but hinted at it is you know they're putting up these monies for these money for these 20 million dollar films and they're why would you go to hbo max and they're not going to make their money back on that investment Part of this thought is studios are now part of these larger corporations now, right? They're not just the studios. So yeah, Warner Brothers, for true. example, is paired with AT and T, right? So AT and T Comcast is paired with Universal, right? You got Disney paired with Disney, Disney Fox, right? I mean, <laughs> so I mean, AT and T's biggest priority is getting a streaming service out. It's trying to be the new Netflix. It's trying to get that money in. So it's not necessarily worried about. The return on that investment, if this the investment they already have in their films gets them to their streaming service, yeah, where they where their, they, get, they could make their money, where back. they make their money, but whereas yeah. they get their phones and they get people on their streaming yeah. plans and their service plans, yeah. And, oh yeah, yeah, Internet right, and stuff. that's right, that's how it is, and yeah. so you know Disney is a a billion dollar makes billion dollar movies, but their most profitable division is when the, operating is, is theme parks, the theme parks, yeah, by far. Like it's thirty million dollars a day when it's operating. Like it's substantial. Um, 
you know, I'll give it. I'll give you the last segment if you want. Um, some sources, some birdies chirping around. Birdies chirping. Uh, Disney Plus has a big uh, has a some has their has their fourth quarter uh, has their fourth quarter stockholder meeting on December tenth. Usually these meetings are closed. So sorry, who is this? Disney. Disney. Okay. Um, has their fourth quarter stock meeting on oh, December tenth, oh which is this week. Oh God. Um, which is a closed event. Typically, the stockholders, however, they are making it public, okay. and they've done this before, which is when they've announced Disney Plus and stuff like that. Okay. Um, potentially, people that we're talking about rumors. That Disney Plus will announce films going to Disney Plus I'm straight sure. away. I'm sure. Potentially Jungle Cruise is a film that's mentioned okay. with The Rock. So they'll follow. Potentially soon. Cruella with Emma Stone, which is a big 101 Dalmatians spinoff. Um, but the big one they still have in their black in their back pocket is Black Widow. Oh. Right. I mean, I don't know if they're gonna go black if they go Black Widow to Disney Plus. I mean, that's the biggest one they have. So. Um, I mean, that's really kind of all I have. Again, oh, this no, is Mulan's a... Mulan's already out. I'm sorry. Mulan's on Disney Plus already for free. Sorry. Um, so we'll certainly follow up if there's and, any and news Black Widow that would, happens. Would be would be the comp- competitor to Wonder Woman. Right. So. It, would be the, it would be the jewel right now yeah. um, for Disney Plus if it went straight to Disney Plus. But I wouldn't be. That's this week, you said? It's December 10th, so it's Wednesday, okay. I believe, or Thursday or something like that. We'll follow up. Um, if Thursday, that is, yeah. but it's, um, I wouldn't be surprised. It's supposed to be a pretty big thing. I wouldn't be surprised. So. And I mean, it's, you know, I mean, not to, not to, uh, make light of the situation or to look at it just in terms of dollars and cents, but you know, it, it, we, we are in a unprecedented time and, and, and by, you know, a large stretch of the imagination and, it's 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 it you know anyway just just in terms of in terms of the movie industry they they you know i mean what did you just say you just said disney's making 30 million dollars when their when their theme parks are running right that means they're 30 million dollars in the hole a day every day right every day they're making a little bit back because their european ones are open yeah i understand yeah they're not making nearly what they were making and they have bills to pay. And they're, you know, we they talked about this losing before. People. They keep laying off people or furloughing people. Yeah, you know, people you know. Yeah, um, I'm sure lots of people people know. You know, I'm sure right. the Anaheim, Anaheim, Anaheim's know, a ghost town. Um, Anaheim's a ghost town, among yeah. other things. You know, unfortunately, just, yeah. You know, it's yeah. I mean, but I would like I say, not to circle. You know, to circle back back to the movie theaters. I would not be surprised if. If movies do, if movie theaters do survive, they are not going to be independent entities. Yeah. Not to, because I don't think that they that they that that is not a functional business plan, but for the new quote unquote normal that we are in, it is not. It, it won't work. It won't work. Right. And and I don't see movie theaters being fully functional. Again, we don't know what has going to happen with the pan, What's going to happen with the pandemic next week? You know. So yeah, we don't know. when that happens, yes, there will be a place for movies, but they cannot survive until then. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen. We'll but follow up. Of this, course, this, this, this makes complete logical sense. Yeah. You know, yes. Are they getting the short end of the stick, the movie theaters? Absolutely. Yeah. But studios are looking out there's for nothing. So. I don't know what they can do. They're right. still trying to appease to them. 30 days, 17 days, whatever. 
But if they're not open, it doesn't matter. The whole thing is a moot point. Right. Anyway. We'll follow up with the Disney Plus investment uh, stockholder meeting this week. Yeah, that'd be good. I think there's going to be some big stuff. to find out. Only one other news and notes. We're not going to discuss it. Deadpool 3 is officially, I put in parentheses, finally, because it feels like forever in development at Marvel Studios. Studios confirms the film will be R-rated. If they do go R-rated, it will, of course, be the first MCU film to be an R-rating film. Um, again, I don't know how you introduce oh, a character. Oh, because this is because this is that was yeah, Fox, and now this, this is, is the Fox MCU. acquisition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Deadpool is really the only viable Fox character right now that they have. Again, they're going to reboot X Men at some point, ten years yeah. down the line. Um, but Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds is the most viable property they have. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you incorporate it? Oh, you mean the Marvel characters yeah. that they that they picked that, up from yeah. Fox? Yeah. How do they? Right, Although you have I, a very. They had some good characters. Well, they have great characters. I'm not saying yeah. the characters are bad. I'm just saying with the actors and stuff like that. Ryan yeah. Reynolds is the one that you're gonna, you want to carry on with. Yeah. Um, how do they do it? I mean, you have very PG-13, family-friendly Marvel movies that are getting pumped out, which is what they have. And then you have a very R-rating film, R-rated character in Deadpool. Me, I don't see it as that big of a deal, but well. Who knows? I mean, yeah, it's Fox. I mean, Fox was the ones that owned it. I mean, it could still be under – is it 20th Century Studios or whatever? Yeah, but the the it's in development at Marvel Studios. So Kevin Feige is technically overseeing it. But again, will they make it – will they just keep it separate and let Deadpool be its own thing? I or? just don't understand why they wouldn't. Like, why wouldn't you? It's like – I don't know. I I mean, yeah. Who knows? You get a new toy and you want to play with it? You put it in the sandbox. It's already there? I, I don't know. No, I'm saying like – I could see, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I think your kind of hesitation to say why it wouldn't. Okay, so the only thing I can possibly think of is is without you, and you haven't said this, is that it's, yeah, it's under Kevin Feige, which is overseen by Disney. Right. I get that. But they have they have Hulu, don't they? They have right. Fox so are you, are you? They have other types of movies. Yeah. Are you actually incorporating it into the MCU with oh, other you're characters? Saying, you're saying that, okay? Or okay. are you just? Oh, I'm are sorry, you just, I misunderstood okay. what you said because you were saying because it seemed like you were emphasizing the fact that it was R-rated, and I was like, well, right. that's not a big deal, right? You're saying incorporate it with other of the MCU characters. Right. If if it's under the Marvel Studios banner yeah. and Kevin Feige is producing it, are you are you going to make a Deadpool three R rating and, and then then, ha- then have Deadpool? make a little cameo appearance in Other whatever movies. movie and he's PG-13 in that movie. Yeah. Right? Is is there a weird balance? Is that something to worry about? No. Because Kevin Feige hasn't really done wrong um, uh, so much. Well, I wouldn't say that. Um, his tracker is pretty good. I guess okay. you can't say everything's a home run. Okay. Um, but whatever. Uh, Real quick thoughts on The Mandalorian, guys. Two episodes back-to-back that were absolutely insane. Uh, so Katana last week for Thanksgiving, that was a very uh, happy Thanksgiving treat for everyone involved. It was fantastic to see Rosario Dawson was great uh, in the role. It was incredible to see such a beloved character um, really kind of come to life. Um, again, you didn't have to know much about her throughout. Um, and then she names drop. She name drops uh, Admiral Thrawn. Again, if you haven't seen Rebels, you don't know what that is but again i don't know if that's going to throw people off or not have no idea if ahsoka is going to come back 
Uh, she's going to have her own show. That would be really disappointing if she never came back, like if this was just one episode. Uh, but she was great in it. Um, and then you saw Boba Fett this week uh, dealing, fighting alongside Mando uh, in Fennec Ray. It was great. You saw Moff Gideon come back. Uh, the child is now gone with Moff Gideon. The child is stolen. So Mando has to go get it back. He's teaming up with Boba Fett. Um, last year, the entire speculation was, is Boba Fett going to show up on the show? Not only is Boba Fett apparently in the show, but he's a good guy versus being a bad guy, which is kind of what we all thought. And he's going to help out Mando and, and see what happens. Uh, only two episodes left. It's, it's very, very exciting stuff over on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I have no idea what's going to happen. My guess is the child will eventually be safe because he is the star of the show. Um, but you got to raise the stakes somehow. You can't just have Mando come in every time and save the child. There's got to, the stakes have got to be raised. Otherwise the story just stays the same. But, uh, Joe, you watched a little Mandalorian, right? With Ahsoka Tano. You saw it. Did it look cool? Did I? I thought you did. You said your family had watched My it. My family watched it. Oh, I thought you were watching My it with them. My sister and father were watching it on thanks the day after Thanksgiving. You didn't see it? Uh, I thought you watched I just it. Saw, I just saw that it was that he was talking to Ahsoka Tano at one point. And it was and, pretty and, exciting. And he was like... And he was like saying he wanted to train the the child as a Jedi Knight because the well because he's yeah I mean he's and Mando can't train him as a Jedi because he's not a Jedi and so Ahsoka's like I can't train you can't train him but take him here so that was the purpose of finding Ahsoka Tano was to get the child trained because Mando can't train him um, okay. but again would be very disappointing um, if Ahsoka Tano did not come back but again. As someone who has seen all these, has seen the two spinoff series, Rebels and Clone Wars, um, I, I like these characters. If I would love to hear the perspective of someone who hasn't seen these shows and is watching Mandalorian to see mm-hmm. how much they're getting. Because again, most of the people that I'm talking to the show about, they're like me. Yeah. They're excited. They've seen these characters. They've seen these stories. They're excited. Um, if you're just watching The Mandalorian, are you lost? Are you confused? Do you not care? That all these characters are coming back. Are you just like, that's a new character? Or are you just whatever? Got it. So, who knows? Uh, real quick, film reviews. I'm going to hop through these. Uh, Hillbilly Elegy on Netflix. Um, real, real bad. It Did was not bad. like it. It was not... I didn't... Yeah, I just didn't like it. Um, for for kind of different reasons. Why? Um, Without spoiling it, if you it's, can. Yeah, it's... Um, so the 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 story revolves around the young man who is the author of the book, um, and he kind of grows up in this, for lack of a better term, and it's hillbilly town, okay, which is yes. in the title. Yes. So I'm not trying to be disrespectful, um, and he kind of goes away and, and lives in kind of a a town and goes to a private school, getting a doctorate and becoming a lawyer, um, and it's really him just kind of. It feels like he's almost taking shots at the people that lived in this town with him and this people that are growing up and kind of like how he's the hero in this story because he got out of this place, which was full of rednecks. And it just didn't paint the town like it didn't paint his grandma in a really good picture. Um, I understand his mom's a drug addict and that's, you know, a personal thing, but kind of he has this big speech and about how he blames his mom for like how he had such a bad part of his first life and how he needed to get away to like save himself. And um, it just didn't paint a flattering picture of the town. Uh, I didn't really care about the characters. I didn't really care 
you know, performances are okay, I guess. I mean, Amy Adams is not in it that much. Glenn Close is not in it that much. I think they're in the trailer because they're trying to sell the film. They're the known names. Um, but it was okay. And that's not a referendum on the book because I haven't read the book. Uh, the book is supposedly very well received, um, which is why Ron Howard went out and got it. But uh, as far as the film goes, it just it's an unsympathetic lead. And I just didn't care for the lead. And I think that kind of turned me off from the story. Um, just didn't really like it. So there's that. Uh, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Very fun. Very musical. Very Christmassy. Um, very simple story about a family. Forrest Whitaker is very funny. It's a very different type of role for Forrest Whitaker. I haven't seen him in a comedy in a while. I haven't heard him sing really ever. I don't know that he's been in a comedy. I don't know. I mean, it's been a while probably. Um, sing and dances. That's great. That's great. Um, That's great. Aniki, Anika Nani Rose, who is the voice of Tiana, uh, Princess and the Frog, and she's been in a bunch of Broadway stuff, is in it. She's a fantastic singer. Um, there's a bunch of other Broadway vets in it. Keegan-Michael Key plays the villain, the antagonist, so he's kind of over-the-top type of this, kind of like a Lemony Snicket type of a villain, um, kind of over-the-top type of a character. Um, am I going to rush to see Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Story next Christmas? Probably not, but for you know a two-hour movie on a random Saturday night during December, uh, it was a very fun watch on the service I already had. I would recommend that. Uh, the Sound of Metal was mixed for me. Um, Riz Ahmed's really, really good in it, really, really strong in it. Uh, the premise starts off very, very strongly. Again, he is a drummer. He is on the road with his partner, who is the lead. He was the singer. They're kind of a part of a two-person uh, traveling group. Um, and then eventually you, his hearing starts to go, obviously. Uh, and he has to go basically to this, it's not really a camp. It's more of just like kind of a rehabilitation center where he gets treatment and he learns sign language and he learns how to kind of deal with it. Um, and for like a half an hour, it just kind of sits there. It doesn't really go anywhere. It's just kind of him in the center and then towards the end, I'm not really giving a spoiler away because it's a real story apparently and it's all out there. Uh, he gets like a hearing aid, which he didn't do in the beginning. So it's like, why did we waste 45 minutes in the middle just at this school learning sign language if he's never going to use it? Um, and then he kind of goes and reconnects. And it's a strong solo performance for Riz Ahmed. I wasn't in love with the story, though, if that makes sense. Um, last is the film that will, I don't know. Maybe win Best Picture this year is Mank uh, from David Fincher. Not because I think it's the best film ever. I think it's just one of those films that Oscar voters love. It's very much about old Hollywood. It's very much about these larger-than-life characters like Orson Welles and Charles Randolph Hearst and Hank Mankiewicz. Um, kind of this old, different time in Hollywood. Uh, but kind of like David Fincher, what he does, it's very has these kind of sharp biting political tones that, of course, you can look at in the 1950s when this film is happening, but then, of course, you can relate it to what's happening now. It very much talks about politicians and trying to put someone in charge and what that means for people. And, um, you know, it just it just has that, I don't know, it's hard to describe. You have that feeling when it's like, I don't really love a film, but like you feel like it's just like an Oscar film. To me, that's just what this is. Um, Gary Oldman is okay in it. Um, Amanda Seyfried was the best part of the movie. I thought she plays, um, just an actress, Charles dance, who is, um, game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. He was, uh, 
he's he's yeah he's William Randolph Hearst. He was really really good mm. uh, in the part. Um, but again, uh, David Fincher's first film in seven years. Um, it's a good movie. Um, I'm glad I saw it. There's a lot to it. I think I need to rewatch it at some point because again, there's lots of levels to it. Uh, maybe I'll appreciate it more the second time. It's probably like some of his other works, right? If you see some of Fincher's other works, you appreciate it more on multiple viewings. So maybe I just have to see it another time. Uh, it's worth a view. I think it's an important film to see this year, especially with not a ton of films coming out. But uh, yeah, it was worth a watch, though. So that's all I have. I know I talked a lot there. Joe, do you want to start off the next segment for us? Yeah, just uh, in honor of uh, the release of David Fincher's Mank, we are going to rank <laughs> Mank. We are going to rank oh. David Fincher's filmography. So all the movies that we have seen. How many have you seen, Joe? I have seen. Nine we haven't films. discussed this about. I have this seen first. nine films. So there's eleven total, and there's I've eleven total. I've only seen eight. So why don't you okay. go? Nine, and then I'll go eight. You'll go eight. Well, number nine, you're going to be really disappointed. I'm sh- well. You never disappointed. Well, sometimes you are, but I want you to have your own opinion, Joe. Yes, I do have my own opinion, and my own opinion is even though these movies are good, it's a hard one. Sorry, these movies are great. These movies are great. It's a Not lot of, good. They're great, and he has prolific he is, filmmaker. Yeah, I was going to say I never really looking at the list of movies that he has made. There aren't very many duds. And even the ones that I would say are quote-unquote duds, they're not abysmal. They are just not as good as his other films. Um, you know, just thinking about him and contrasting him, comparing and contrasting him to uh, Christopher Nolan, it's just – I don't know that this David Fincher gets the accolades that he deserves. Like you think of – Christopher Nolan we talked about as a Hollywood big-budget director. Sure. Going to make big-budget films that make a ton of money, you know. But David Fincher really pushes the envelope in terms of how – Do you think David Fincher is like a blockbuster director? No, I don't. Okay. But I think he's amazing. But I think all these movies are incredible. Okay. Let's so do anyway, it. number nine for you. Number nine. This is probably the one that I like. This is the one I like the least. That's why it's down here. I don't own it. Mac owns it. I know he likes it. He just watched it this again this year. Not my favorite. Um, it was touted as one thing, and it really became an entirely different type of movie. Um, fairly recent. Um, it was the last movie he made, actually. Um, Before Mank, right? And I wasn't, huh? Before Mank, right? We're talking about Before Mank, yeah. Yeah. And I just wasn't. I, it touted itself as one thing. I was really intrigued by the premise, and then it takes a really weird turn. Yeah. And I didn't really like it after that. I was like, the ending I thought was really unsatisfying. It was very strange, bizarre. Um, and that is 2014 Ben Affleck, Rosamund Pike, Neil Patrick Harris, Tyler Perry, based off of the book by Gillian Flynn, which is, ama- which is an amazing book, apparently. But I can't read the book now because I've seen this movie, and that is Gone Girl. I just don't think you like Ben Affleck, but that's all right. That's so. not true. Number eight uh, true. is Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Again, I, I, the film was okay, but it didn't really – you know, it, it wanted to be a franchise. It wanted to set up other stuff, but it wasn't necessary. It didn't really blow people away. So number eight for me was Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Okay. It blew me away, but that's okay. Apparently the Swedish film is like supposed to be ten times better. I don't know. Uh, I guess. But who knows? It was still really good. Good. Anyway. Uh, number eight, again, probably a movie that Mac ranks much higher, but this is just me. 
Um, I kind of have a feeling as to I, – I think I know what Mac likes and what Mac doesn't like. And the fact that this movie is based off of a book by F. Scott Fitzgerald makes me think that Mac will – this movie will be very high on his list. Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald also wrote The Great Gatsby. Uh, Mac, re- recently we watched this film about a f- like a month ago, less than that. Um, it's a very interesting story, but if I had not seen Forrest Gump, I might appreciate it more. Um, it's a bit strange, but it's absolutely gorgeous to look at. Um, Brad Pitt has become like a staple, I guess, of David Fincher films. He's been in quite a few of them, um, and he is great in this film. Um, it's a very touching story. Again, spoken in the same breath, I think, is Forrest Gump, but I don't like it as much as Forrest Gump because I don't like the premise of the movie like him kind of going backwards in time. It's very strange. But it stars, like I said, Brad Pitt, Kate Blanchett, Tilda Swinton, Taraja P. Henson is in it, and also a small, a small cameo that I realized by Mahershala Mahershala Okay, can you say it for me? Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. Sorry. Yes, that's okay. Um, curious case of Benjamin Button. That's yeah. my number eight. Uh, number seven is Mank. I just talked about it, so that's what wow, it is. Wow, that's that low for you. So it's I'm a best picture of the, of the year, stuff. but you don't – okay. I don't think – it would. if I had an Oscar vote, it would not be my best picture. Okay. But I do think it will get serious consideration. I just think it's one of those type of films. Okay. But there's that. Um, number seven, uh, interesting movie. Interesting premise has Forrest Whitaker in it, also Jared Leto, Jared Leto and Dwight Yoakam. But the main stars of the movie are Jodie Foster and a young Kristen Stewart. This is pre Twilight series. Um, I liked this movie. I own it. It's it's a great premise. It's you know kind of a you know whatever. It's it's a, it's a thriller. Um, it's about two people who get trapped in a house. They lock themselves in the quote unquote panic room, which is where the movie gets its name came out in 2002. I like it. I think it's great. 2002, that's number seven. Panic Room for me. Okay, number six, the film I really, really like. It is it is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. That's low. I would um, think it's low for you. Yeah. It's um, wow. it's interesting. It's very interesting. It is, it is a long sit to get through. It's a big film. It's got a lot of big ideas, um, but it's got a really big ensemble cast. Yeah. It has a really interesting premise that... Great musical. Too. You know, you great have music. to... Yeah. Um, you do have to you do have to suspend the disbelief of what's actually happening to the person yeah. to kind of follow it. And I know for some people they, it's, hard, it's hard. It's to hard, do to do that. That. It's hard to do um, that. But if you can buy the disbelief and understand that it's just a story, and you see these two people really going through life at different stages, it really is kind of a beautiful thing. Yeah. Um, so that's what I put at number six. I'm just. That seems low for me. I'm wondering. Yeah, what, I'm wondering a lot of good now stuff. I'm kind of curious what movies you've seen that we're going to. Be I higher. haven't seen Panic Room. Now I have. Now I have a so. feeling. Now, now I completely changed, and I think I know what mm-hmm. you're going to be a number one film. Okay. Um, because I know it's a film that you love dearly. Yeah. Um, I thought it was good. Well, I've always thought that was going to be. Your, this is going to be your number one. But I, 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 I thought Benjamin Button would be much higher. Yeah. Um, next movie I've mentioned before on my list. Um, it's a very interesting film. It's not really a good rewatch per se because it kind of the, – the entire movie builds up to kind of the climactic finish um, of the film. So once you kind of know the punchline per se of the joke, 
It's not as funny as it once was. This isn't a funny movie at all. Um, I've mentioned it before. It came out in 97. Stars Michael Douglas, Sean Penn, and James Reborn. Um, 1987's The Game. Number six. I haven't seen it. It's interesting, but it, it's one of those movies that if you watch it again, like I haven't seen it in a long time. I got to remember, but I know how it ends. Right. And that kind of steals the entire premise of the movie. Sure. Like, cause it's, it, it hinges on that one gigantic twist at the end of the movie. Got it. So once you watch it and you know, it's coming, it's you like, okay, well, it's okay. not as suspenseful, but that's got just it. me. Uh, number five is another one of these David Fincher big type of films. It's Zodiac. Um, it's a really, really good film. I really, really do like it. Again, a really strong ensemble cast uh, spread throughout. Um, it's this. It's just a big film with big ideas, and it's it's fascinating in the fact that it's set in San Francisco on a real life killer there that's still not been solved, and it's just you know, it's it's lots of. It just makes you question a lot of things. Um, it's a good movie, very well acted. Um, number five. Number five for me uh, is, a, is a movie Mac already mentioned. I have it much higher than him. Um, I I liked the adaptation of this movie um, from the from the book. Um, I was a bit disappointed that it did not get made into the whole series, but I can understand why. Because to me, I kind of felt like the movie came out past the hype of the 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 novels. They did make a trilogy in Swedish, um, in Sweden, um, which was very good too. Um, I've seen all of those. I've read all the books. And I'm talking about The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo by Stieg Larsson. The 2011 I thought was a great adaptation. I loved Daniel Craig. I loved Christopher Plummer. I liked Rooney Mara. This was right off of The Social Network, and this was a complete 180 from what we'd seen, we'd seen in her. Um, I like Robin Wright and I like Stellan Skarsgård. He's he's always, well, not a creep, but he always plays very good roles. I like him. He's usually good in the villain type of role. He's good in the villain, absolutely. Um, 2011, it's got Trent Reznor, the guy from Nine Inch Nails, doing the soundtrack. I thought it was great. He's done a lot of those. I love it. Number five. Number four is seven for me. Um, Really good film, really trippy film. It's a really good rewatch. Um, it's the film that I think really, yeah, it's a total, it's, it's a very different film than a lot of his other films. It's kind of creepy. It really, think? I do think it's different than his it's other different. films. Oh, okay. well, that's um, a different tone, I think, um, yeah. really kind of pushed, you know, Brad Pitt was becoming a star, but I think this really kind of pushed him over the top. Um, seven for me is number four. Number four for me, again, movies that you have already mentioned. I think this movie is great. I think it's – for for me, I think it's a great uh, suspenseful movie. Um, it does t- touch on a – based on a true story like you mentioned before about unsolved murders that take place kind of in our backyard. Um, based off of a book by Robert Graysmith, I love Jake Gyllenhaal, Mike, Mark Ruffalo, and Robert Downey Jr., which I – which I'm kind of glad you didn't mention because this was pre Iron Man. So this was kind of before he got his resurgence, Robert Downey Jr. into Hollywood. So I'm really glad that you saved that little nugget for me, but Robert Downey Jr. is great in it. Jake Gyllenhaal and Mark Ruffalo, great cast. I loved it. Loved the mystery, the the noir type film, the noir type feel to the film. It was a very much a detective story. 
I loved everything about it, even at the very end when he's kind of walking through the house in the, in the basement and you're like, is someone going to catch him? Is somebody there? And is he going to find the killer? And you, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a great end to a movie. I loved everything about it. Zodiac 2007. Number three is, I'm sorry, my voice just cracked right there. Uh, going through puberty here, guys. Number three is gone girl. Uh, I, I do like it very much. I've never read the book. I've never read the novel. You own the book. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I've never read it. You've never read it. Okay. I was given to me. Um, okay. So I saw the movie with my aunt who had actually seen, who had actually read the book before. Uh, she was the one that, that gave me the book after. Um, I did not know the twist of the story. Again, there's one big twist that happens about halfway through. I did not see it coming. I did not expect it. I had no idea what was happening. And when it happens, the film completely changes and it completely flips on its head. And for me, it's like, I can understand if someone's like turned off by that. Uh, but for me, it was like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, and then seeing it a second time or subsequent times, you start to see the breadcrumbs that are laid throughout. Um, little things start to add up. And so for me, uh, it makes it a good rewatch. But again, I get how if you know what the twist is, you may not want to rewatch it. It may not get the same. For me, knowing that the twist is coming, knowing that how the the film flips um, is interesting to watch because it, it gives you a different perspective when you see it. So Gone Girl for me is number three. Number three you haven't mentioned yet. I'm sure this is going to be number one on your one one on your list, which is okay because I know what you like and I know how much you how much this movie you love this movie. Um, it is an amazing movie. It's got a great cast. It's got a great premise. Um, it was highly touted as a best picture when it came out. Which, again, kind of speaks to the fact that he, David Fincher makes great movies. This is a great movie. I haven't mentioned it yet on my list. It's a ways down. I'm not going to tell you where it ends up. But it's an amazing movie based off of a book that I still want to read, even though I've seen this movie. The book is called The Accidental Billionaires by Ben Mesrick. I'm talking about 2010 Social Network starring Jesse Eisenberg, who got nominated for a Best actor and very much was well-deserved as that nomination. Justin Timberlake, who's great as the side role, plays uh, Sean, uh, Sean, Parker. Sean Parker. Andrew Garfield was great in it too. Army Hammer, this was kind of his breakout role. Rooney Mara, again, I mentioned, as I mentioned. Although not in it very much, she does play an important role. Um, again, not looking to this movie to satisfy any sort of or, or answer any questions about what really happened or anything like that. Apparently there wasn't really like a, there wasn't really a, 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 an Erica Albright that this whole movie was based off of that's made up. So, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not looking at it for accuracy or authenticity. I'm looking at it for entertainment and this movie definitely hits all the buttons. Social Good. network again with Trent Reznor as the soundtrack. Good. Great. Great Good. movie. Amazing movie. Good. Number two, this was tough, but I had to do it. It's Fight Club at number two. Um, fascinating film. Um, fascinating character development in terms of Edward Norton's character and what he is and what he represents and what Brad Pitt represents in the character. Um, total, I don't mean this as a, um, it's not a play on words. It's a total knockout, really, kind of once <laughs> the reveal happens. Yes. Um, it really kind of delves into what, what is really, as a person, what is deep down beneath, what drives you, what motivates you. Um, again, Brad Pitt is 
just made for this role in his early you know 30s when he did this or whatever it is. Um, fantastic performances all around. Um, really kind of David Fincher-esque. Um, and that's Fight Club's number two. For me, um, uh, I have this movie quite a bit high, not quite a bit, but a few spots higher than you. I think I think this movie was one of the most mind blowing, sinister, uh, one of the one of the mo- movies that will most likely make your your the hair stand on end and give you goosebumps. That's how incredibly eerie scary sinister the i mean you cannot say you cannot watch the ending of this movie and not feel like your breath is being taken away like that's how incredible this movie is and i'm talking about seven 1995 with morgan freeman who is an amazing actor plays this you know you know kind of uh angel on on brad pitt's shoulder you know, it's got Kevin Spacey, who I know we don't want to mention, but he was great in the role. Right. Gwyneth Paltrow plays the perfect wife of Brad Pitt, albeit she's not in it very much. But you can kind of tell, you, like I don't view Gwyneth. I, I view Gwyneth Paltrow as like a like, you know, like a delicate person in the movie, and like you know, and, that, and that's that's the whole premise of the casting is so that you kind of think that she's delicate and not. You know, like, right, and so that kind of leads to the amazing climax, right? The best climax probably of any movie I've ever seen. Like I cannot, yes, thank you. I, you, you went there, not me. No, the the most pivotal gut gut punch. You know, make make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Like yes, just incredible ending. Um, I cannot say enough. Brad Pitt is amazing in it. Like. Like I said, he's kind of a staple in David Fincher films. I I, I can't speak highly enough about this movie. Um, it came out in '95. I mean, I remember going over to a friend's house in high school and watching the movie for the first time, and because it was like the coolest movie anyone had ever seen. Um, it was uh, it was I had read the book, which was interesting. I there was a book that came out. Maybe based off of the movie, I don't know, but I, I, it, it delves into more details about, you know, what's going on and kind of gives more gruesome details. Um, but it still has the same awesome ending. Like you're just like, at the end of it, you're just like, oh my gosh, like what did I just watch? I can't, I can't speak enough about that film. Seven. Okay, number one. Number two. Um, everyone knows. Yeah, so talks know. about it now. It's Social Network. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I love everything about it. Um, you can't really convince me about anything wrong in it, and that's totally fine. Um, just love everything about it. It's Social Network is number one. Yeah, you didn't say much about that movie for it being a, such a love, love, the love it's, of It's a life. film for our times. It's 2010, and the film is still so relevant. Everything about the film still is a part of our society um, it's uh, just the because film. the company is still around. No, it's about social media. It's about how you interact with people. It's about what you do to people. It's about how you interact in business. It's it's all these things. It's relationships that you have. What's real? What's not real? Um, Ten years later, and this film is still such an important piece. I think of what's happening. Twenty ten. 
you know, it was when the internet changed. It's when the world started to change with the MySpaces and the Facebooks and the Friendsters and all these things. And this film kind of captures that moment right before things change kind of brilliantly. And it's, it's fantastic. You know, everything about it. There we go. That's better. Yeah. Social network. Number one. All right. Number one for me is actually a big surprise to many people. Um, it is actually David Fincher's first film. I think it's an amazing film with great cinematic achievement. And that is aliens cubed. Just kidding. Just kidding. Max, Max says, no, it's not. Absolutely not. Um, this movie, you cannot, it's, I can see the older I get, the more I appreciate this movie. Um, because I didn't really appreciate it as much when I was growing up, when it first came out in 1999, again, based off of a book by Chuck Palahniuk. Um, but again, it stars Brad Pitt, the staple of Fincher films. It seems like has his shirt off and fighting sequences. I know you kind of mentioned that it was a knockout. I think it's a first-round, like, TKO Mike Tyson knockout. That's how good I think this movie is. Um, it, it's, it's an amazing performance by Edward Norton. It's one of the reasons why I love his, his, his newer film, um, The uh, Motherless Brooklyn, because he kind of plays like a narrator in the, in the film. I love that about this movie. Stars Brad Pitt, who's, who's great in it. Meatloaf is in it when he was doing movies. And uh, Helena Bonham Carter is great in it. Um, it's just a great, great um, social uh, commentary. It's, it, I mean, it's, it, 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 and it was based, and, and it has so many good cameos and one-liners. Like, you can't, your first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. And it's got Jared Leto in it, too. I bet you didn't know that. Maybe you did. But he kind of like – you don't even recognize him because he looks like a guy from like, – he looks like the lead singer from Offspring because he's got like the blonde bleached hair. Anyway, um, Fight Club. I mean that to me is number one. I mean – Good. But these are all such amazing movies. I mean if there's – if there – if – if you have not seen any of these movies by David Fincher, at least the top five ones that Mac and I have mentioned, please watch them because they are really like mind blowing, you know, yeah. thought provoking, thought provoking, uh, s- extremely suspenseful movies. Pieces like of art, yeah. Yeah, amazing pieces of art. Like, you know, say what you want about Brad Pitt or whatever making certain movies or whatever. People used to call him like a pretty boy, but he makes he. This he's is a good-looking guy. I don't. I don't care about that. This is like he's really good he's in these an movies. Actor, yeah, he's really he good in these good movies. Stuff. I I think these movies are better than the one he got the Oscar for. Oh, uh, Once Upon a Time. In yeah, Hollywood. which I thought was you not that yeah, great. That wasn't your thing. Uh, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on these films. If you agree with us, if you disagree with us. I'd love to hear your guys' yeah, thoughts. I'd love to hear Joe's thoughts if, on. Uh, if you really like Alien Three, let me know. I'm sure some people do. I've never do seen. Do you want to hear it. my thoughts on what? I'd love to hear your thoughts on Mank if you ever see it. Uh, I think it'd be interesting I to don't see. Know. I don't. Um, I never saw Citizen Kane. I okay, but I mean, you like all the other David Fincher yeah, films, but it just so looks so weird. It's different, but I think you give it a good. If you like everything else, you got to give. Like you said, give it a chance. You know, give it a chance. So yeah, but these other movies are epic. Mank is not epic. <laughs> Maybe. Is it? 
to me, it was a mixed bag. But saying. again, just like a lot of these other films, I had to see it a second or third time to get more out of it. Yes. Um, it's a different type of film, but he does different types of films throughout. So uh, let us know what you guys think. Uh, we're back with the most popular, loved, loathed, and hated sure. segment we've loved, ever done uh, by far. This is uh, ratings gold for us. Joe, sure. uh, continue to get negative trolls for us. Go ahead and give us your movies. I'm kind of curious. Are we getting a lot of ne- – am I getting trolled on the internet? Are people I mean I think most comments? people are making fun in okay. like in like I like you way. Okay. Not like a I'm hating you way. Okay. But um, I'm, you gotta let me read some of these comments, or please put them in the put them. We got some we gotta, of them are not PC. I'll just say that. I'm just oh, kidding. Okay. No, we're well, fine. Event, I You're fine. See, I want to hear what they say. Let's I do it, Joe. Funny. I can respond to them or something. Tell anyway. us where we left off. Right. Tell us where we're at. We're at three forty. We were at three forty. Last one we left off was three forty one. That was Ghost Town with uh, Ricky Gervais and uh, Greg. Don't Kinnear. worry about it. Okay, Greg Kinnear. Um, we are at 340. Um, again, I'm doing all the three star films. Um, this is a film again, part of the not trilogy, but part of the series. To me, this is where this movie belongs. It's good. It's not great, but it is one of the it is one of the better films in the series, and that is 1982, Rocky Three with Sylvester Stallone, Mr. T. This is when you hear the Eye of the Tiger for the first time. I think it's a great film, but I don't. But it doesn't rank as the top Rocky movie for me. Um, Three thirty nine. Uh, this is a movie came out in two thousand and three. Stars William H Macy, Maria Bello, and Alec Baldwin. I think it's a great movie. It's really interesting. It's about a guy who kind of, who they call the Cooler. It's basically the movie title, The Cooler, where he walks up and down uh, Las Vegas in a casino, and he's and his job is to kind of cool the table. So if there's the people that are winning a lot, he literally sits down and like starts to play cards or whatever, and everyone starts to lose. It's like it's the most bizarre like premise of a movie, and it's kind of, so it's kind of a satire. But so it's like a guy who's like bad luck basically, and he somehow gets good luck, and it's a really interesting movie. I, I thought it was worth watching. I thought it was good. Three thirty eight uh, again, two thousand and eight. I mentioned this before when I recommended this movie. I think it's a great movie. Uh, really speaks to a you know a, a, a really hotly discussed uh, political issue, but, you know, it's a great performance beside that by some great actors. Uh, directed by Gus Van Sant, who makes great movies, in my opinion. They're very they're very poignant. They're very emotional. Stars Sean Penn, James Franco, Josh Brolin, and Neil Hirsch, and that is 2008's Milk. 337, complete 180 from Milk. Um, 1987, this is 337. Uh it's the very first movie that they and they've made a subsequent. Uh, they've made subsequent uh, movies about this. There have been sequels, subsequent sequels about the original movie, which came out in 1987. I know I've mentioned this guy's name before. I like him as an actor in certain in certain movies, at least in the 80s and 90s, predominantly. And that is Arnold Schwarzenegger. It also starts Carl Weathers. And that is 1987, the original Predator. 336. This is a movie that uh, that has a special set of skills. You know what I'm getting, you know what I'm hinting at, buddy? Okay, maybe you haven't seen this. I guess I have a special set of skills. I do Take not. Have, I do not have a lot of money, but what I do have is a special set of skills. It's the skills that make it easy to find a man like you. 
Yes, 2008. Taken. You have taken above. Okay, go ahead. Above what, buddy? Above milk? Literally anything. Yeah, I like Taken. It's good. That's all right. It was a good movie. Yeah. It was was before he made all these other dumb movies that were like the exact same thing over and over again. This was the first one. It's got to ride that money train. I guess. That, I think that was one of the subsequent movies. No, I don't know. <laughs> Liam Neeson, Maggie Grace, Fumke Jensen. I liked it. 2008, Taken, the original one. It was an interesting concept when they first did it. Cause That's it was, what I'm saying. That, But you got to look. Yeah. I try to look at it in a vacuum. I don't even watch the dumb sequels because they look stupid. Anyway. Yeah, like I said, a complete 180. 335. Uh, this is a much yeah more interesting film. Again, a more poignant emotional um you know uh, uh you know kind of a sad melancholy film directed by chris columbus i always thought that name was kind of odd just the fact that it was a director and that's his name you know? he's a descendant of the actual christopher columbus i'm sure he is he's I'm not, sure he but is. that's okay anyway 1999 stars robin williams and sam neill and it is bicentennial man great movie 334, uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, one of his early, not earliest films, but one of the earlier films, for me anyway, because it came out in 91, and I was only eight when it came out, and I hadn't seen it till in the last five, ten years. It's, it has a great cast. Uh, Robert, De Niro, Robert De Niro plays a really creepy guy, um, stars Nick Nolte and Gregory Peck isn't even, is even in it. Um, it's 1991's Cape Fear. Uh, the next one, 333. This is a movie that really got like awful reviews on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't know why, because I liked this movie. I thought it was interesting. It stars Michael Caine and Demi Moore. Michael Caine kind of plays like a uh, a janitor of a uh, of a jewelry store, and he ends up like, but it's like a serious role. It's not a goofy role, and he ends up like whatever, like some quote unquote maybe stealing diamonds out of the jewelry place. And it's like, but there's more to the story than that. And I don't know. I really liked it. It's called 2008's Flawless. Mac is smiling with a big smile on his face. I don't know why. Your comment about Rotten Tomatoes and you don't know why summarizes a lot of your okay. your movies perfectly. Sure, sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. 332. This is a movie I would be surprised if Max even heard of. Probably not. Probably. Yeah, I don't know what it is. You probably haven't heard of this movie. It came out in 2011. It was directed by a guy from Indonesia. It has a lot of battle sequences in it. I came across it on Netflix during when I was renting movies on Netflix and watching them practically daily. Um, it, it harkens to the days of, uh, you know, uh, Asian martial arts movies, but it was like really gory. Um, I would say it's kind of similar in ways to John Wick. Like this is this came out in two thousand eleven. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a foreign film. It has subtitles and whatnot, but it's mostly the action sequences that are absolutely amazing. It's called The Raid Redemption. I've heard of The Raid. I've never seen it. Okay. But anyway, 331. Antoine, I'll try to speed through these in a little bit of time. Antoine Fuqua, uh, one of his last, one of his later films. I don't know. I can't remember the last movie I saw that he even came out with. Equalizer. Oh, Equalizer. Yeah, he did Equalizer. Excuse me. This is that's after this. Um, came out in two thousand. This came out in two thousand nine. Kind of a hodgepodge of a lot of different multiple storylines going on at once about cops in Brooklyn. Stars Richard Gere, Don Cheadle, Wesley Snipes, and Ethan Hawke. It's called Brooklyn's Finest. Two thousand nine. Hmm. Um. This movie kind of gets more like it's more like lives in infamy than anything else. 
but I think it's an interesting movie. It's 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 it's, it's a really a mind twist, and that's not the word I would use. But since we're trying to, what well, since we're trying to keep this p uh, for kids, I'm not. I'll say the word mind twist instead of the actual word I would yeah, say. Yeah. Um, but this is this is like iconic movie. Like some people say, somebody said they watched this movie recently. They thought it was an awful movie, even though it got like touted as like a great movie. I think it's a great movie. Um, really like a lot of plot twists here and there. Um, murder mystery, 1992, stars Sharon Stone, Michael Douglas. A great soundtrack by Jerry Goldsmith, which is great. Basic Instinct, the original one. 329. Um, out of the trilogy that I own, this is the one that I think is the weakest of the three. Um, I like it, but I don't like it as much as the other two that, that have yet to make my list yet. Um, 2004, Matt Damon, Carl Urban, Julia Stiles, Joan Allen. 2004, The Bourne Supremacy. This, this is Mac's favorite Indiana Jones movie, but I think it's the worst, in my opinion. Aside from Kingdom, uh, The Crystal Skull, which is like abysmal. Um, 1984, Temple, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. 1984, 328. This movie has like a 10% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that boggles my mind. These are my favorites when you do this. I cannot believe – sorry, maybe not 10%. It's like 20, 20%. It's still bad. But awful. Okay, this movie it. is not awful. Okay. It was like revolutionary with in terms of graphics and how it like did like time lapse like action sequences and stuff. It stars Hugh Jackman. This is like this is like his breakout role. I love this movie. I don't know how you cannot his like breakout role. One of his breakout roles. Okay, go. I'm okay. interested. John Travolta, Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry, Don oh, Cheadle, no, 2001, so Swordfish. That's so bad. It's not bad. That's so bad. Whatever. That's like a Nicolas Cage dumpster diver movie. That's such a bad movie. It was a good movie. Oh, it's bad. Three twenty six, and this movie is just Ooh. as bad, but it gets like a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So you're telling me that this next movie that I'm gonna say is bad, even though I think it's bad. I think it's a good movie. I'm saying like in terms of critically acclaimed, this movie is twice as good as Swordfish, and I don't believe that at all. I don't know what it is. You gotta anyway, say it. It's a John movie by John Woo, who I love. I like John Woo. He did. He did Face Off. He's done some great movies. Um, Paycheck, again, with Ben Affleck, which I'm not a huge fan of, but the story is cool. <laughs> um, it stars Christian Slater, John Travolta, again, as, an, as as the evil protagonist, or evil antagonist. And it stars Raiders great Howie Long, and that is 326 Broken Arrow. Yeah, they're kind of on the same level for me. I don't really see them. I don't know. We probably haven't even seen Broken Arrow. Probably haven't even seen like how can swordfish is not twenty percent. Give me a break. Twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Give me a break. That's nonsense. At the very beginning, the scene at the beginning when he's in the coffee house, that was like the most epic scene anyone had ever seen. It was like it was around two thousand. It was two thousand and one. This was like vintage 9-11 like right on 9-11 it was a big old controversy about the film because it was like depicting terrorism and all this stuff they had the scene where like the stuff explodes but the camera does like a 360 turn around it and it's like time lapse that was great has an iconic shot of Halle Berry's son there it is that's why Joe <laughs> likes it 
Uh, Hugh Jackman is great in this movie. Okay. This, is, this is not his breakout role. What would you consider well, his breakout? I mean, Wolverine's his breakout role. I mean, this I was, was before. Well, no, this was two thousand. Two thousand. Sorry, sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. That was why I was surprised because I was like, I know you didn't sorry. put X Men that no, low, no, 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 but no, I was no, like, no, no. that's what I mean. But it's fine. Whatever. It's your list. It is where it is. I it's, forgot. I forgot about X Men. That's why. Right. So I misspoke. Yeah. Uh, it is my list as much as Mac doesn't like. That it is what it is, and the listeners don't like that. But yeah, but uh, we we have you got it. <laughs> we do. Um, I'm gonna save this theme park uh, ride POV for the next show. We're gonna end with this ride as our final POV ride of the year. Okay. Um, so we'll end with the next year. It's against one of my one of my all time rides. One of my all time rides that I want to ride and I will ride oh. at some point in my life. Uh, mostly because of the source material. Uh, because I love the film so much, I'm not going to say what it is. I'm going to leave it like that as a tease. I'll be honest, um, I wasn't. I didn't think much of the ride. Well, I thought it was great, and uh, it's just right. like Swordfish, right? You got to just make a choice. Uh, so we're going to talk about that next week. That's what they call a tease. We will follow up with Joe's another segment of Joe's weekly segment. We will follow up with the Disney Plus or the Disney, excuse me, the Disney Disney Investor Meeting. Any other news and notes that happen, we may talk, do some little Christmas recommendations, whether they're yeah. book or we kind of already done whatever that, or something like that. Again. I mean, we haven't we haven't given everyone yet, yeah. um, or I might give like a movie recommendation yeah. or something like that. Uh, and next week will be our last regular show of the year. We'll remind you guys next week. Um, that's all I have. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please like, share, comment, rate, review, and I'm subscribe. You, you add some of this vitriol. All right. Please, uh, please add a quote. I will. I will. When we do our rundown, because I'm kind of curious. I want to respond. Give me a chance to respond. I don't even see this stuff. I just I'm not going to like. Uh, I'm not going to get into a verbal altercation. There's a worry. Come give me a break. Give me a break. Uh, I'm going to say goodbye, Joe. Kit Kat, buddy. Kit Kat. As uh, you do a great job as always, Joe. Thank you so much for being here for putting Likewise, all the hard buddy. work that Likewise. you do. Again, thank you to the listeners. I'm going to say goodbye and send it over to Joe to say goodbye. Take care, everyone. Have a good one.